do you really get that there is a tremendous amount that wants to flow through you and into this 3D world construct for the ascension and evolution of humanity? Today's guest, Jennifer Huff, is on to talk about her new book, Unstuck, The Physics of Getting Out of Your Own Way. And if you remember, she also contributed to the Second Wave book. Join us for a fascinating conversation about building bridges with our beautiful divine gifts here on Earth. Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird, and I, Akeem Sami, want you to know that you are invited. You're invited to, to join, join Soul Nectar, Nectar Tribe. Tribe. If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show, you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe. We invite you to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to carryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, forward slash membership, and sign up. We'll, we'll see you at our, our next, next tribe gathering. gathering. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire, we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably to discover more about who we are and what we're here to do and be. And it's so fun because this morning as I was contemplating like this whole thing I say every week, it's like, wow, sitting around the campfire and kind of like storytelling, because that's really what's going on here is that we're all mm -hmm. telling each other a bunch of stories. And and some of those stories, when you really believe you are the character, like you're like the best actress in the world and you haven't this personality that you're being and it really believes it and it can feel mm -hmm. really real. And Doesn't yet, it? yeah, but you got to know that you're just a soul. You're a soul having an experience you chose to have. And you're just sort of like, hey, like I'm going to play that part in that big cosmic play. I, I like that role. It kind of fits with what I'm working on. And so I'm going to go sign up and be that. And, and we forget though, we forget that this is just a movie. And that's what my dad used to always say to me. It's just a movie. Just remember, it's just a movie and remember who you really are. And my friend is here today to help us remember who we really are in truth. All my beloved star seeds and people from the second wave and all my audience that likes to listen to all the stuff I say in my zany podcast. And here to join us is Jennifer Huff. Welcome, Jennifer. So happy to be here, Carrie. Jennifer is so, I mean, prolific in the space of helping people to accept being unicorns on the face of the earth. And uh -huh. <laughs> I met Jennifer at the EBC at the Evolutionary Business Council years ago and was like smitten and interviewed you on my podcast years. Like when I started the podcast, I interviewed you. You did. Yeah. And you got a program called Get Out of Your Own Way. And you do a program called Flight School that you help people really step into their divine gifts and purpose and their soul self. And mm -hmm. now you just released a book and I read it last night. It's called Unstuck. The Physics of Getting Out of Your Own Way. And since I've been with the EBC and the uh, Certified Master Trainer Program with the EBC, 
I've actually also taken your whole workshop and gotten sort of immersed in Jennifer wisdom. So I can say I'm super excited to have you on the show today with us. And we're going to have a, a beautiful, hopefully transformative conversation. I feel it. Before we got into it, I was feeling all sorts of uh, energy coming up. And I thought, hmm, wonder what this is going to be. So <laughs> I, I love going down the wormhole. You know me. So the wormhole is a good place. That's where all the juice is. You know, and so the people that haven't gotten acquainted with you yet that might be listening to me and hadn't listened to your previous episode, you actually opened up an ability to see people holographically. And Mm -hmm. so you're actually able to see people in a way that most people don't see other people. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we go into the, you know, what we're going to explore today? Well, sure. So it's kind of strange and wonderful. And I know that there are going to be listeners that relate to this, but many, many years ago, It was really weird. I was running a very large holistic clinic, an integrative clinic in Canada. Love my clients, just having a great time. And the reason I ran that clinic is because I got sick prior to starting to be a nutritionist. And uh, that's what saved my life. But it didn't get me to thriving. So what happened to me in the clinic is what got me to thriving. So all these people would come to me and, you know, their digestion would get better. My reason for doing the clinic is because I had migraines and I was toxic and I was full of all sorts of crap in my body because I had exposed myself to some things that should have killed me, but they didn't, thank God. And really what they did is they redirected me to truly healing because I got a certain amount of the way using 3D means, meaning uh, nutrition, cleansing, changing my diet, all of that kind of stuff. And I felt amazingly better from where I was, but it's sort of like hitting yourself over the head with a hammer and then how much better you feel when you're just stopped doing that. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good analogy. Right. And that, but that's still not thriving. That's just not hitting yourself over the head with the hammer anymore. So I realized thriving is a whole other world. It happened one day with a client where she had migraines like I used to. And I was two thirds of the way better just using nutritionist. And I was asking the question, what else is there? She came in with her husband. Her husband made her come. And I said, why are you here? And she said, because my husband made me come. And I said, oh, that's interesting. And I said, how can I help you? And I, I just seemed to draw these two lines where the top line was all of the physical things that have ever happened to her in her life. And the bottom line is all the emotional things that ever happened to her. And I was just guided with this particular client. And by the way, I did this. I still do that now, by the way. What I saw was all the correlations between, because on the timeline, you could see all the correlations between every decision she had made and every health issue that she'd had. And that's when I actually started into the world of epigenetics and physics. But the thing that really freaked me out is as I saw these correlations, I also started to be able to see what questions there were to ask her, what was actually going on in her body. I asked her if she had a brain tumor. She said, yes, I didn't know how I knew that. And then I told some people and they said that, oh, you must be medically intuitive. And I thought, maybe, but I think it's different than that. And because I could see all the way forward into the way her life would be, which I want to say this, that this isn't the usual for me. Most people, when they come to see me, all I see is possibility and all the nuances and the changes and the decisions and the things that need to happen in order to live the life that they, the trajectory that they came here for, the full expression, you know, in her case, I knew she was going to die. So it was pretty bad. 
I didn't like it. I, you know, I didn't like seeing what I saw. And it was because of what she said next. I said, do you have a tumor? She said, yes. I said, and, and I asked her another question. I said, what happened when you were really little? Because I could just feel something. And, she, and it wasn't just intuition. I could actually see it at age three. I could see it. And she was birthed to a woman who was addicted to heroin and was given up at three years old. So she already had a bond with her mother, even though her mother was not well. And the mother gave her up to adoption and she ended up in the most extraordinary family. Like she explained it to me, but she held to that resentment of how could my mother, how could any woman ever give up their child when it was an incredible act of love, but she refused, refused to see it that way. So with such an act of love and such refusal, there's no receptivity and it, manifested you know i could just see that something had happened in her brain and she would not be here much longer and that turned out to be true i've never had clients like that after that where why would you come to me if you're you're not you don't want to be here right yeah almost like she needed the message like this is why it's all happening in advance yes. of it happening so yes. she could make some kind of peace with that non-forgiveness exactly. that blocking of love yeah. And yeah. then what happened within a week is I started getting, I started getting wakened dreams, which I didn't know. Again, biologists who studied nutrition and prior <laughs> to that, economists who worked for a big multinational. So it was very weird for me to have these wakened dreams. I really thought I was going crazy. And uh, the result of all of that is I started to be able to see, like, I'm sitting here with you and I see this whole because you're so vulnerable and amazing, I see this and just we're connected. There's this whole incredible trajectory in front of you. And then there are decisions made in the way you think and what's happened to you and ways of protecting yourself, et cetera, et cetera, that have brought you to the zero point of the now. And there are decision points. So right now, I'm always in the presence of the human, the beauty, the gorgeousness, the woman who wrote the book I have the privilege of having contributed to, that's such a genius. And then I'm also present to, oh, well, would you look at that? This whole universe of every lifetime you're going into and every lifetime you've ever been into and all the stuff that's happened to keep you on or off track and have everything explode for you. So, so that's kind of where I live. That's what it is. That's a lot of information to have, you know, at your fingertips. You think? It's a lot of personal responsibility to also have all that information and to use it with integrity. So that's why I want to say on the show here today, Jennifer and I already, already talked before we got on. And because I trust Jennifer and I have a lot of personal connection with her and I know her, and because I know that I'm sort of meant to lead by example, <laughs> and because I know that I'm configured, yeah, I was specifically configured in my human design to be to take one for a the team. Yeah, to take one for the team. <laughs> kind of like that. I'm gonna just say it like that. And to, to live my life as an example of the patterns and things. So I know that about myself and I've accepted mostly that that's who I am. <laughs> Some parts of me are a little arrogant. I love still. that mostly. <laughs> mostly mostly. I have I have identified I have some arrogance. I have a little bit of the arrogance dragging up until now and I'm working with it and I'm re you know I recognize it comes from wanting safety. And that can cause protection. So just like you were saying, you know, so my point here is to say to everybody, this conversation Jennifer and I are going to have is really for all of us. 
is for anyone who considers themselves to be sort of a starseed, part of the second wave, here to make the world a better place. You came in to do your job and you have some version of, you know, some version of this going on. It maybe not completely resonate, but there's some aspects of what's going on with me that's probably going a little bit on with you. And that's an uncomfortable spot to be in. And so that's why my uh, vulnerability is really important in this conversation we're about to have with Jennifer. It's a lot of stuff. Well, vulnerability is where we start, right? Because when you, most people think of vulnerability as letting yourself out, but the same doorway that lets the piece of the puzzle of heaven on earth that you are out to the world. And by the way, that doesn't mean just being indiscriminately vulnerable. (laughs) Like, no. Ta-da! Oh, um, although I have been. <laughs> yes. Well, that can, that, you know, there's a degree of groundedness that has to come with that. Well, it doesn't have to. You'll just find people that don't believe you or criticize or judge because of just letting all of you out, which I, I oh my gosh, I just did that a couple of years ago in a way that, of course, didn't end well because it doesn't work well. Not in the paradigm on earth we're on. Yeah, the paradigm on earth we're on is a really interesting little paradigm about people. They have certain expectations about what a teacher guide looks like. Well, sometimes they're tree shakers like you. I mean, you are definitely a tree shaker. I mean, I've read your (laughs) post, girlfriend. You're just like, here it is. (laughs) And sometimes, and sometimes... (laughs) That can change over time from tree shaker because I have this combination of being both tree shaker, but also bridge builder. It's almost like you got to shake people up to see what's going on. And then it's like, now that you know what's going on, let's compassionately build a bridge to somewhere else, right? But this particular event that I'm thinking of was from an insecurity of mine that I had no idea was even there. And I reacted to a really tough situation, tanking my taking my forward momentum for granted and also how much I could handle for granted. And as you said earlier, it wasn't even spiritual arrogance. It was more like, I'm drowning, help me. And out of I'm drowning, help me, I did something like, I wouldn't say unconscious. You know, we always, my unconsciousness might be someone's a lot of consciousness, you know? So uh, just something that was not in alignment with my general flow. And, you know, people people got in a kerfuffle and I can't say as I blame them. So the point is, is that that responsibility you talked about is not like a responsibility heavy. It's more like a privilege to be called to do your best in every moment to be descending instead of ascending, to be descending the heavenly codes of blissful flow into this three-dimensional landed reality. So we're taking the instructions from the other dimensions and bringing them through us and to us to build bridges that transcend what's possible just in 3D alone. And it takes a certain level of being responsible for your connection to your greater self in order to do that. Yeah. And I feel like it's, um, let's say the heat got turned up in the kitchen, 2020, 2021, certainly mm-hmm. 2022 has gotten turned up again. Yeah. It's almost like inviting us to make a choice. You going to spin off into the human drama or are you going to put your roots down 
open your soul up, breathe, and lead, let your soul lead. Because if the personality leads, we're in the human drama. And if the soul leads, we're in something much more magnificent. So are we going to step into the soul or are we going to stay with the personality? And, and I find myself in that conversation. And I actually, a couple of weeks ago, I, I told myself, just shut up. Just like for a little while, just be quiet. Don't say anything else. Just take a breath, go to nature. Yeah. You don't have to fix the world's problems right now. Like you can't anyway. Relax. Well, the interesting thing is nature, whatever, no, let's back up a few steps. So whatever is going on in the world, whether it's wars that are being, they're right out in the, you, you can see everything that's happened. Unlike a hundred years ago when you couldn't see everything that's happening, right? On every front in every realm of polarity and politics and people getting hurt and whatever the case may be, all of it. What happens is, it's catalyzing. And some people call, I like what you said. You said, you know, we're being offered the opportunity to make a choice. I call these times for star seeds in particular choice points. It's a choice point. So I've heard a couple of my clients come to me and say, well, Jennifer, it's like a test. And I say, no, no, that's not quite it. I get it. I get that it might look that way. This is a test. But if the universe had vocal cords, you know, and could say, or consciousness or greater wisdom had vocal cords, maybe it would sound something like, it would say something like, listen, this is what the result is of everything that's come before. This is what's going on right now. The polarity, the duality, all of the infighting and the crazy stuff happening pretty much in every realm of life that's important to us, right? And the choice is not to fix it or become a doormat. The choice is to either engage the energy of that and 3D yourself. That's basically you're 3Ding yourself. You're going to be at the affect of all of the 3Dness and you're going to be pulled this way and that way. Or are you going to lead because we're creators? And as creators, what we do is we take the catalysts of what's come before and everything that's happening right now is the result of hundreds, even thousands of years that's led to right now. So either we're going to engage the, I mean, it's silly because why would you engage the results of all those choices? You're not in then, you're in now. And in this powerful zero-pointed now, we have the capacity to be able to actually imagine what's possible. This is the best time for creators ever, ever, because there's so much contrast that it behooves us if we're willing to take on the life stream that we came into. It behooves us to kind of go, gosh, I mean, imagine waking up every morning going, what's possible to create based on the polarity that's happening right now? And based on people that are doing inspirational things and also calling me forward. If I take all that information, what would I be willing to bring through me? What would I be willing to, like real leadership is not I'm leading. It's, I was poured into this reality. This spirit came through this body with those parents and this reality and everything. And I knew exactly what the possible trajectories for life would be. And I chose this. So what wants to live me is the question. What wants to live me? And if you say what wants to live me and you have what we talked about earlier, Carrie, because I can see even in your hologram, 
if there's any piece of us, okay, if there's any piece of us, you said I'm mostly choosing to be here. If there's any piece of us. <laughs> oh, no, I'm choosing to be here. But we really got like slow down because I yeah. can tell you that I'm not even, but like I might be 99.5% in. But I chose, to, I actually am choosing to stay. Like I've had suicidal ideation like a good part of my life up until now. And so I've chosen to stay. Stay is one thing. Be here isn't, so listen, listen closely because this is a good one. This is just for you. Okay. Okay. It's not just for you. Well, it's for all the ones like me. It's for me too. Everything (laughs) I'm going to say is for everyone listening to this conversation. Yeah. So it's all of us. Me too. Mm -hmm. So I'm choosing to be here is one thing. Fully choosing to be here. Like really what is possible with this much polarity? If you ask the question, what is wanting to live through me? Because here are the choices. Even if someone like you or anyone listening right now hedges their bet even a feather of a percent, you might as well have hedged your bets 30% (laughs) because with the stream moving this fast, when billions of people are asking for change and the vast minority are trying to, are scrambling for power in whatever way through every means necessary, through gaslighting, through conspiracy through news networks, just, you know, playing both ends or (laughs) not even both ends anymore, all ends, you know, there's more than two. It's all distracting from the piece of the puzzle of heaven on earth that you are, that creation knew that you were before you got here, that all of the skill sets and the brilliance and the experience and the personality that comes with your soul got to come through this body knowing full well what was coming, not what was coming like brace yourself, but what was coming like, oh my God, the most important time to create in all of history. Cause it's, you know, there've been war, lots of wars before, but they weren't so availably seen. They weren't so in our face. So the, the catalysts are way more vivid. So now the question is, what wants to live through me? And if I was to truly choose that without hedging my bets at all, without an ounce, like really look, and I'm looking right now myself, trust me, I'm looking too, even as we're having the conversation. How could I be vulnerable? Because we were saying the same door that has you come out is the same way all of creation comes in. How can I be vulnerable to what wants to live me? What is a little way that I might kind of hedge my bets. And I can say sometimes, I bet you you do this too. I can't wait to hear what your answer is. There's this little way where sometimes I go, oh, human beings, they freaking make me nuts. Like, what is that? Right? And I've just separated myself. That's definitely part of this equation of being a starseed and being in a human body. Right. And (laughs) the funny thing is, is, there's kind of a, how would I language this? There's this weird paradox because the more we own the humanness of this physicality that we came into, the more we allow ourselves to fully be human, the more power we have as a starseed because all of the co, and I can speak this way with you. If I was speaking on like a business show, I would not be saying <laughs> But the more the codes that give us our superpoweredness 
right? Can come into our body. If we own our humanness, instead of separating the instant you go, oh, why do, why do humans do that? Why do we do this? It's so stupid. Like, why would we, you know, and that's the instant you separate, then your essence isn't in your body. Then those codes can't fully be embodied because to the degree that you've fully chosen to be here and have it separated is the degree to which it's the exact same percentage as you get to be superpowered such that you can build bridges that are quantum leaps that use all the tools of physics to be able to make get, get non-linear world-changing results. So every time we hedge our bets, every time we separate, every time we do that, there's just a little co-opting of how powerful we are. You get what I mean? Mm. Yeah, every time we defend or push away or say, uh, or conditional, like, I'll deal with this, but I'm not going to deal with that. Exactly. I'll do I'll all of this, the- yeah. but I won't deal with that person. And I am definitely getting a lot of those choice points recently. It's like, oh, do you, are you going to be for all humans? There you go. Or are you going to be for like the ones that you feel comfortable with? And then the ones that make you uncomfortable, you're not for them. And I have to say, like, I'm, I'm navigating that conversation. I definitely have had at least one person show up recently that was new. I don't know her, but just like, I was like putting a boundary, you know, like that behavior I'm for you, but the behavior it's like that behavior. So it's like, how do we navigate being unconditional? And and you get to address that. You even get to address but, subjects that you'll talk about and you won't talk about, right? Because now here's the deal. This is very interesting. I was deep in my connection to all that is at one point, walking through the forest. And I remember this, a very powerful voice for me coming through and saying, Jennifer, you know, someone had even down to regular marketing techniques do not work for people like us. It just, everything we do is about relationship. You can't mass market stuff if you're us because it doesn't translate. The us-ness of us, like the codes within us are what creates the the moving of the energy. So it does happen through mass marketing, but it's it's not our best way of getting into the world. So I just written, listened to one of those marketing things. And I, I thought to myself, there's something not, I feel like talking to people is the new internet, you know? <laughs> like we had to go back to some basics here, like <laughs> yeah, actually being yeah. in the same room with people and having a conversation. Right? And see, now people have it where like, if you want to talk to them on the phone, first you have to text and ask, and ask if it's okay. Yeah, isn't it weird? So anyways, I'm walking in the forest and I got clear as a bell, Jennifer, your market is everyone. And I thought, yeah, but they just said I have to have a target market. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, don't let them tell you that you can't have a target market. That's everyone. And then they started to show me more. Here's why. So it's like the, the, I'm using my new word. I just brought a word through me called scientuality. And they're using it now. It's like the scientuality. So it's like the spiritual science. Ah, Isn't that good? Yeah. So so what they said is the scientuality of this, right? The actual science and spirituality of this is that everyone wants, there isn't a human alive that doesn't want to live expansively and in thriving. 
there isn't anyone that doesn't want to know who they are. It doesn't matter their politics. It doesn't matter their economic status. It doesn't matter their man womanness. It doesn't matter and everything in betweenness. It doesn't matter their color, their creed, their religion. Their it just doesn't matter. It's a commonality for humans. It's like the highest common denominator, right? And so I thought, hmm. They said it's energetic, Jennifer. It's energetic. Mm-hmm. It's leaving the door available for anyone to have the conversation. That's a compassionate heart. That's an unconditional love heart. That's what you're here for. It's what you're here for. It's probably what most of your listeners are here for. To own themselves so deeply that they actually don't need to push against anyone to build the bridge. If we're bridge builders, then we're not wall putter uppers, right? So you're either one or the other. You can't be a wall putter upper and a bridge builder. We're all here to find deeper understanding and have have that deeper understanding amongst each other and understand how people got to where they are and understand the places where we all meet, where there where there is no difference. And then let people have their unique way of looking at life from there. And those bridges of understanding are what cause the fabric of our harmony together to have a wave that's only this big. So having that common understanding causes a wave, the ups and downs that are only this big. When we don't understand each other, it causes a roller coaster like this. And that's what we're seeing in the world right now is people disconnect from each other. The harmonic, it's like um, if you remember sine waves and in math, the height of the wave is not that big when there's understanding. But as soon as you pull out compassion and understanding, the wave just gets bigger. And that is a symptom of us losing our connection. You know, people talk about the idea of oneness. I don't often, I don't talk about that idea or unity. And I'm like, no, we don't have to agree. We don't have to go to the same church. We don't have to go to, like, it doesn't matter if we're, like, I don't want to use that language, not because I don't love those words. They're beautiful words. It's just, I'm looking for the word that's the most accurate for me. And I don't want anyone to hear like any of those words are wrong. But for me, inside of me, the word that works the best is, what Rumi said, you know, there's a field where we'll meet and that field where we meet, that we all come from the creative vortex that makes worlds. We're fingers of the same hand, but we're all different fingers and it's okay to be different, but you got to remember that you're from the same hand. In 3D, we're fingers, but we're from the same hand, right? So the fingers can operate separately but you got to remember this or the waves get too big. And so when we talk about human beings right now, especially star seeds, we're the ones being called to embody that remembrance and then go out and be our unique expressions that are mostly bridge builders and compassion activators in different ways. And helping people remember who they are in some way, shape, or form. As we go out and do that, as you said, you're constantly at choice as to whether, and and this is, it's cool that it came up because that's one of the first things I saw when we got together is like that you're at choice about uh, 
can I be for all people? It doesn't mean you have to work with them all, right? It just means ultimately, aren't you for, I know you are. I, mean, I, I am. I bet it's the same thing as being a mom. Sometimes the kids do something that you wish they yeah. hadn't done yeah. or they're fighting and you're like, I wish you kids would stop fighting. So yeah. it's like, you can get frustrated. I mean, I can feel frustrated with, with people. And so what I like to do is I don't, I don't believe in the kind of leadership where we deny that there's like a stink pile going on, you know, like, so uh-huh. I'm definitely aware there's a stink pile and some of that's a lot of it's in me, like my judgment about it, my anger about it, you know, my feelings well, about a lot of it things that, that are that same thing going on. Right. Yeah. And so let's yeah. admit that we feel that way and stop being so nice about everything because the niceness is preventing us from having a real conversation. But we don't also need to go to the other end of the spectrum and be brutally honest either. We don't need to tear each other up. But there's a middle point. There's like Martin Luther King, I think, really exemplifies this for me. That's why I love him so much. Yeah. Is humble truth. He always came. I was like, what is he actually doing? I was listening to so many of his speeches. I'm like, what is he actually doing? What is the thread of truth he has? And for me, it's humble. It's humble truth. He and it's inclusive. He knows he has it too. He doesn't pretend to not have it. He knows we all have it in all of us. And he knows we're all part of the same thing. And sure, he might've had some moments of some choices that were maybe like less integrous. Suboptimal, yes. Suboptimal, but he's a person. We all make yeah. suboptimal. And that's the other thing I've been posting about the guru. If you saw my guru post, it's like, don't call me a guru. I'm a door opener. I, I don't want to be a guru. Don't put me on a pedestal. Nobody's on a pedestal. We're all the same in terms of our equity of, of in the universe's eyes. In the universe, things as all, we're all sure. drops in the, we're all drops, part of the same ocean and the, and the ocean's in us. We're not separate in that way. We're not one better than the other. We're having to get rid of all of these models that made us like think that there was some hierarchy. Yeah. The Enlightenment Olympics, I like to call it. <laughs> and the Enlightenment Olympics is, uh, is just, that's not what, where it's at. I mean, as you know, over and over and over again, I say, I'm not your guru. And, you know, I'll catch myself knowing stuff that I can see that other people don't understand yet. And I get all excited and you can see the tipping point where it could start to go to your head. And then you have to bring yourself back. You just got to keep bringing yourself back because everyone, listen, if infinite wisdom thought you were a good idea, you were a good idea and you weren't like a lesser good idea. You were just a good idea. And the piece of the puzzle of heaven and earth that you are, you know, I was look at it like, just because I like building bridges in public and working with people's, you know, looking at what's going on out there in the world and exchanging the energy and moving in. And then I love doing that with people and I love people. I'm actually an introvert. So it's an interesting thing to be understanding that being on a stage does not make you bad. I see it happen all the time. I'm in business meetings and people are like, ooh, you wrote a book. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, honestly, in my world, it's not that big a deal that I wrote yeah, a book. Everybody write, people, writes a book in our yeah, world. Yeah, everyone writes like, a book in my world. Five yeah. books, bestsellers. Like, okay. No, not to under... It can be, but it can be really, you know, as a new person in such a group, you can yes. feel really insecure. Like, wow, I'm in the room with all these people who are like wrote all these books. And uh, yeah. that was me five years ago. And now I'm one of the people that wrote the books. And I'm like, on the other side, and I'm like, oh, that's just, no, I'm still just a human being. I've always well, seen this person uh, coming up and I'm like, yeah. 
That's Let's great. just say writing a book is a big deal. It is it a is huge a deal. deal. Yes, it is. It takes it's a focus, lot of work. It's it like a PhD. Well, it is like a PhD. That's exactly what it is. I don't is. want to it's diminish so, the PhD people either because they'll get upset. You know, I, I work really hard <laughs> to get my PhD. And then there's that, right? So, and then there's that. <laughs> but what we're saying here is everyone's got to gonna get a PhD in something. You just didn't do a, like some people are good at doing dissertations and other people aren't. And that's okay. And some people are good at writing books. I mean, I, I'm working on my PhD with my soul, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. And so the point is just, we've all been all of it anyways. In every lifetime, yeah. at some point you have been a PhD or whatever the version at that point in history was. At some point- A scholar, you know. Yeah, you've been short and tall. You've been a shoemaker. You've been a garbage man. You've been, you know, you've been some version of all of those things. You've been a roof thatcher. You know, you've been the magistrate. You've been the pauper. You've been like, just, you got to get over yourself. It's not that, uh, what does my friend say? She says, um, it's not that uh, important. You know, it's just not that important. It's not that deep. That's what she Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, it's just not not that that deep. deep. Yeah, it's not that deep. Don't make it mean something. But as a star seed, you know, it just comes to mind, Carrie, as I'm speaking with you. And even as I'm seeing just the hologram of the world and how you and I and everyone fits into it, let's go back to the choice point. You might as well choose fully to be facilitated by infinite wisdom. Because, and by the way, that means you can be fully human. And in fact, it means being fully human because the access to infinite wisdom while in a human form, the access for starseeds to all of that wisdom that we're used to druidly like just having, the access to it doesn't come from going more out there. Oddly, the access to it actually comes from being more in here because it's the cells in your body that are the conduits for the wisdom. And I know you've seen this. We've all done it to some degree. As a starseed, the propensity is to be less here and more out there because we feel closer to our soul, our family, you know, our, our past history when we don't be more here. But the problem is the more dis- it feeds the it feeds the wrong wolf, right? Because what it does is it has you be dysfunctional in 3D, less functional. Your relationships don't work. It's hard to relate to money. All sorts of shit happens that that kind of makes you less functional as a human. And then you like it here even less. And then you have even more evidence to go out there. And that's why all the work that we do, all the work that we do is (laughs) starseeds, whether they know it or not, right? Whether they know it or not, because there are executives running Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are all sorts that don't yet. They work in corporations, they work in, and they're doing all this crazy stuff with compassion and building bridges. And they're just, you know, doing what they're doing, but they would never recognize themselves in this, in any language we're using. But now that we're talking about what it looks like, they're going, hmm, I think I have, you know, that resonates. (laughs) Right. But the point is that each of us has our work. It's very clear to me, even in this conversation, that my work is to help those like me to actually embody the codes and the upgrades to be fully earthly, but in being fully earthly, to watch the alchemy of bringing through all that which we know is possible for human beings through us. And as we do that, we become living bridge builders. We, we emanate the code ability of being an alchemical human. 
And what we do when we run away from our body, when we run away from humans, when we run away from life, what we do is we're saying, I'm not going to do my job. My job is not to build bridges. The literal choice <laughs> to, to be whole and bring through all the codes of those innate abilities or those superpowers that we have that make us multidimensional actually cause us to have the starseed version of being human. And in doing so, humans now have permission to do their version of that, which would also make them all chemical, right? But until we fully choose to be here, how should they? (laughs) So, and there is no they, we're them. Everyone's an avatar. I mean, everyone is an avatar. We're all avatars. We're all some kind of multidimensional being pouring through this physical body. So everyone's an avatar. So I don't want to get all... Well, the stars, it's not about that though. But yeah, I realized when I opened up that conversation in the second wave book, that there was going to potentially lead to some separation in terms of identification. Yeah. Well, I'm a star seed and I'm not a human being, you know, like, like, I was like, I knew that was going to happen, but I was like, we just have to have the conversation anyway, because there is a unique configuration with being a star seed that is, is very tangible, real, and interesting. hundred percent. And because you're the invitation, and this is the invitation I've received in my own personal work, is to receive my star seed and make it in my body. Like bring it in all the way into my body and there let it go. and like all the way in, like and protect it like a little baby. And I was like, because they told me, they said, you're a good mom, right? And I said, yeah. They said, you have fierce love. I said, yes, I do. And then the, the star seed part of me is like, oh, well, I'm safe with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're safe with me because I'll I'm tough mama. You just come right in. And I just like, come on in. You know, I just took her in and I was like, oh, okay. So that's the integration of my starseed self, knowing that there's a fierce mama looking after her. Like, oh yeah, I got you. I love that. I love that you communicate it that way. That's really cool. It's interesting because everyone has their experience, right? And what totally different experience to the same end, the same end result is... You know, we all have multidimensional abilities, whether we're star-seeded or not, right? And so in my case, star-seed. And what happened to me was I those wakened dreams show me, showed me the potential of the human experience so deeply that I realized that the only I love, I love your it's I love the complementary nature of what you just shared. It's so beautiful. That in seeing it and getting activated to being fully integrated and being shown it so freaking deeply, I went, well, who the hell wouldn't want to be that, first of all? Yeah. Second of all, it's such a paradox again. You're so fully protected when you bring all of your multidimensional, when you bring that vulnerable, wicked-ass, St. Bridget, holy smokes energy into this physical body, Right. When you bring that energy into the body, all of the superpowers become available. Might need a little training on how to drive the Ferrari, but they become available. That's what I call it embodiment. But when you emanate that much light, things transmute before they even get to you. You don't even stuff that other people get. Oh yeah. It doesn't even touch you. It doesn't even touch me. It's so interesting because ever since I did that, now my soul actually can speak to me by moving my head, like moving my body. So yeah. like, it like nods or it goes, mm. and I'm like, okay, well, that's the answer. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. And then also 
I got connected when I was doing that whole thing. It's like I was, I was connecting with my Pleiadian home family and they were telling me, I said, I want to come home. That's the first thing I said, as soon as I got connected, I want to come home. You know, And they said, earth is home too. Second home, second home, home too. And it was like, oh, okay. Both are home. I'm not going to lose my old home, but I have this as home too. Yeah. Well, what that spurs me to, and thank you for sharing that. I'm just going to breathe for a second. Yeah. It's still tender. Yeah. Because we miss home. I mean, we miss it. We miss our home. We do. And so there's this idea of belonging. So I remember way back when I thought, I don't belong. I don't belong here. Yeah. I never felt like I belonged here. And then I read that book by Tocopat Turner about belonging. And I was like, but yes, please share. Because this is a big topic, this belonging. Right. And so that's part of the reason why people are dividing into, into like sides, right? Because they need to belong to something. So they, they connect at the level of their opinions about things. And now they think that they belong. And it's like, oh God, that is so the booby prize. But that's what I thought I wanted. I wanted to belong to my group, to my people, you know? So what was interesting, so I called it the not belonging club. <laughs> How you know you're not in the, you're in the not belonging club is because even probably you don't want to belong because you, you've had bad experiences with belonging. Right? Right, right. Yeah. So that's how you know you're in it. And then I knew that wasn't going to be the end game, though, that the not belonging club was the end game. And I'm like, no, what is it? What is it? What is it? And I kept luring. And about, I think, eight years ago, I'm guesstimating, but that's what it feels like about seven, eight years ago. I realized that it's not that I want to have my people that are the not belonging club. It's that the field where we meet, you know, the field where we meet is the cosmos, the, the isness of all that is. We're all from the same atoms that originated everything, right? If we're all from those same atoms, then the place where I was looking for the place, where do we all belong? And where we all belong is at that level. We all belong to consciousness itself, to the great is, you know, that's where we belong. And I thought, Oh, so if I take on not needing to, like, if I take on the mission of, I want to belong to it all Mm -hmm. instead of, I want to belong to earth or I want to go back to Sirius or the Pleiades or whatever, you know, whatever it is, Arcturus. If I decide in my wisdom, now that I have the awareness that I can, I have the possibility of belonging to all of it and that's the journey, okay, then what does it look like if home is the universe? You know, what if, what if home is all of it? You know, the, this playing field, what if that? And I just, I remember, I think it was during a workshop that I first kind of got, I kind of did one of those Scooby-Doo moments where you go, huh? What did I just say? <laughs> I just said something I... I wait, wait, let's like rewind and like, what did I just say? And it just came right into my body. And I thought, I'm not going to use the not belonging club anymore because it isn't that everyone feels like they don't belong in some way. Everyone's, you know, I had tall, I had acne, I had curly hair, I had glasses, I towered. No, there's a million reasons why I didn't belong. 
I had strabismus. I had, it was terrible. I did not have a fun time in my teenage life. So, you know, the universe almost, I was designed not to belong at every turn, but probably, probably, I mean, who's kidding who? Definitely (laughs) consciousness directed me that way to go, to eventually come to the conclusion, there's a level where we all get to belong. And the instant I took that in is the instant my body just went, (laughs) you know, like, oh my God, that's so good. It's kind of like you realizing that you could have two homes. Like, and so I like Michael Beckwith's quote, you know, instead of looking for heaven, bring heaven with you wherever you go. And then you're always home, right? And I thought, well, that gets close. So yeah. So for star seeds, there's something around finding peace in the belongingness to the universe so that we can actually lean in with a level of vulnerability and openness, knowing full well that when we bring through our whole selves, we emanate at such a frequency that really nothing can touch us. And that's how you belong to the whole universe because you're bringing the entire universe through you, which is a whole other way of living, which, you know, you probably wouldn't wouldn't go over well in a corporate office. But I think for us, that's how it is. Yeah. And when you do that, you don't need to announce it. I mean, I do announce it because I have a podcast. I'm meant to announce it. But some of us are meant to be sort of like incognito. And I think that's why maybe some of us don't even know, like at that level, had the forgetting but some of us are here to to do more explicit work with it yep. more overtly and that we know. So we know about it. And if you're that person, you're, that's, that's who you are listening because otherwise you wouldn't listen to this conversation if you weren't right. meant to know. So exactly. when you know that is a, that's an added sort of interest to notice the impact you make. And I want to say, like, I had this moment of realization that I had completely disowned information that Ms. Cannon shared about... Um, Starseeds about the second wave. And I was like, oh, that's not true. And it is totally true. And it was <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to say, I'm going to retract, Dolores, what I said about your wisdom. She was saying that, you know, the starseed, the second wave, like our whole function, and I can't find the section, but our whole function is to be among people sharing our vibration out there, like our light. And like you were talking about our light codes, like our whole function is to be amongst people, is to get yeah. out there and be amongst people. And you don't say changes. anything to them, but just like be amongst them. That's it. You don't have to even say anything. You just be amongst nope. them. But most of us prefer to work at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's funny. Not or, be around like, them. Well, that's why, so, that's why we have to kind of yeah. pay attention to that deeper guidance, right? Because right. the deeper guy, I just, I just went to two things recently where, you know, I just shook my head and I went and I just said, okay. And my personality is like, you got to be kidding me that I'm doing this. And yet off I went. So, and in one of those places, I met two people who are phenomenal beings. One of them I I hadn't seen in ages and it never would have happened had I not listened. And in the other case, like just having conversations the kinds of conversations of which I would never have with who I perceived those people to be. And yet here I was having those incredibly. And I thought, yep, this is, there's a phrase, Carrie, that I love. It's, um, I think Will Linville spoke it first. It's being able to dance with it all. If you really know when you belong to the universe, because you could, 
like as an aim, as a goal, as something to gently, graciously open to, that we have the capacity to dance with anything and be in the midst of anything and still thrive and still build bridges and still be in our presence. So we say the words that are necessary, no matter what the mayhem is, and still that's that's what's possible for us. And um yeah, and I'm I really and truly I don't think I could do this work unless I was still working on it myself. Yeah, and that's I think that's really the commitment level. It's like Martin Luther King said it was, you know, he was getting death threats against his family, his precious children, his wife, his himself. He was um he told his people, "Don't come to the march if you can't be in total love." If any part of you is feeling like you're owed something or in judgment, today's not your day. It's okay. Just Go work it out. And when you're ready, come back. I feel guided to tell you something, share something with you because you've mentioned him a few times. And now it's like, well, you're going to love this. So there's this house that you can rent on VRBO and you'll find it if you're meant to, but they don't say anything about it. It's near me in Asheville, just outside of Asheville. It's in the mountains. And, uh, the husband, they built a beautiful, you know, rental property. It's gorgeous. And the property is beautiful and it has lots of bedrooms, like six or seven bedrooms. And down the hallway to all of the bedrooms are pictures. Now, this is a white couple, just so you know. Down the hallway are pictures of John Lewis at their wedding as the best man. And Martin Luther King. And I mean, some seriously inspiring pictures you haven't seen in any newspaper anywhere. And I thought, this this is like, these are insider pictures. And it was because the man who owns the house, the husband, grew up in Atlanta in Martin Luther King's neighborhood and was an architect. And he he helped rejuvenate the neighborhood. And so he became great friends. And he was involved in some of the trainings. And what I, so he, here we are having a flight school retreat. And he, I mean, we're all in, like, I can almost guarantee we were all in tears. I was just bawling. He was telling us the kind of training for the people with Martin Luther King in nonviolent, not just nonviolence, peace, non-reactivity, love, like, they would poke and prod and and try to get someone to react as part of the training, like really, really harsh. And you got trained into a loving heart. You got really deliberately, relentlessly trained back into your focus, like a choice point. What do you choose? What do you choose? What do you choose? What do you choose? And you, no matter how deeply your colleague went and trying to get you to react, you had to keep choosing love, keep choosing love. Keep choosing. And as this guy, he gave us some examples, which is what was causing us all to cry. And I'll tell you, girl, I realized that I slept in John Lewis's bed and I'm like, what? And um, like, what? I love John Lewis so much. Just like you love Martin Luther King, who I also love, but John Lewis is like the bomb diggity to me. And just being in this house was something else. So I say this to you, because that's what, you know, we started the conversation with Choice Point. And now here we are in the conversation. And really, these leaders were at choice 
all the time as to how to respond. If you're a bridge builder, how often do you react and how often do you be the bridge? And to the degree that you can listen, it's about tree shaking. I'm not talking about tree shaking. That's different. Okay. Speaking the truth, that's what you do. That is not the same as what I'm talking about. I'm talking about non constructive reacting. Yeah. Emotionally yeah. reacting from a place of yeah. wounding. Yeah. I'm not talking about the same thing yeah. that you, it's, you but know. it's an art. You know, it's an art to know the difference yeah. within yourself because I've been navigating it's that passion. space and it's like, ooh. How, yeah. How you speak is passionately just like me. You know, there's passion behind it. But when we're in emotional egoic reaction, let's just distinguish it that way. When you're in an egoic reaction, you're not only not adding to the direction that you know you were born for, you're actually detracting from it to some degree. Fortunately, when you're in your ego, you're not detracting as much as the exponential adding to that happens when you're in love. So so we can't we can't equate the two. Yeah. And and just for everybody who's listening, who's like finds yourself in this spot of 2022 is de- delivering a lot of really unexpected things that maybe not what your personality wants. I don't know if it's happening for you, it's happening for me. And maybe even some things where like, gosh, I didn't expect it from that person. That really hurts. That kind of thing where it really like gets under the skin and like really like pokes at you in a place that like that hurts. That's mm-hmm. happened to me a few, quite a few times this year already. And what I'm using now for that is first I honor my feelings. I always honor my feelings because, you know, that's true right now. So I'm just honoring that. It hurts. And when I get done with my self-honoring and whatever needs to happen for me to be heard and all that, then even if I'm not having a conversation with that person directly, like right away, because maybe I'm guided, don't do that. I'll just let it, it needs time or space or whatever's going on is I'll blow some tobacco prayers to that person. <laughs> like here, I love you. I thank you so much for showing me I still had this. Thank you for showing mm-hmm. me I'm still oh. hurting. Thank you for showing me that I still get triggered by that. Thank you for showing me another space where, gosh, thank God I don't have like a, a billion people tuned into me right now because I'm yeah. still working at myself. Yeah. And I, you know, and I'm still finding places in me that get yeah. triggered, you know? And yep. thank goodness I have a really small audience up, up until now, small, loyal, awesome audience. I love every one of you. Thank goodness you guys are so, because you're compassionate, because you understand, because you're like, I got them right where you are, Carrie Hummingbird. I get what you're talking about. It's your authenticity, girlfriend. It's like, (laughs) of course you have those beautiful, awesome humans because you meet them. You are not afraid to show them where you're at, right? It's like, here I am. And of course it's okay to to react. There's, (laughs) trust me. (laughs) It's been fun. We all do it. So, and lately it's, you know, we're showing, we're being shown the deepest, darkest spots. So someone asked me, why did I even call the book unstuck? Because, you know, shouldn't you call it flourishing or, or, you know, thriving or something like that? And I'm like, no, that's not where people are actually at. It's like, it feels like going through mud for a lot of people. It feels like, it feels like you just broke through one thing and then another thing is right there. And yeah. it feels like you, like you just had one awareness and it's be now, now I can just, now I can just be, you know? And it's almost like that word unstuck, but not unstuck as a state, like right now, like you and I right now are not stuck, right? Mm-mm. But as an embodied state of unstuckness, of like, that freedom to be that that knowing how to navigate life no matter what comes up even it doesn't mean here here's another misnomer people think that means 
that you end up being a druid and nothing bad ever happens. And you're just like, uh, you know, sleeping beauty in the forest, singing with all the birds and everything. <laughs> it's, no. a, it's a practice to stay unstuck. Yes. Yes. You yes. can't, and then, you only get stuck when you get, when you argue with reality and you say it shouldn't be so. Yeah, totally. It's just about engagement. <laughs> But an embodied state of unstuckness means that you're permanently at a certain frequency, which means that you rarely, if ever, even go down there. You might get a moment, but you would never, it doesn't occur to you to say that it's because you already have. And that's what we're all, you know, that's imagine everyone, imagine everyone being so empowered with their superpowers. Imagine that that's what we're aiming for. Not where we're at now. It's perfectly fine. Where we're at now is where we're at now. And isn't it great that we get to transmute all this stuff with all this polarity? I mean, imagine the future of humanity, given how much polarity we're transmuting right now. My God. Yeah, we're transmuting a lot. And that's what we're here to do. And actually, it's funny because the shadow of conflict is about transmuting the polarities to bring them into what I call a spectrum. It's about no longer being in the polarity of masculine versus feminine or Republican yeah. versus Democrat or, yeah. you know, all of this kind of stuff. It's like we're unique configurations in a spectrum in a whole tapestry in the puzzle of earth, like you're talking about, and that's who we are and yeah. each one of us. And so it isn't us versus them. Yes. It's us as a piece of the puzzle of heaven on earth, which is your, what you always say, which I love yeah. that. And I've repeated it so many times for people. <laughs> and I always say that my friend Jennifer Huff says this. So, oh my gosh, what an amazing conversation. I, I could go on with you for hours and I think we have gone up over an hour because you just get going and it's like, whoa, what else is she going to say? So everybody, uh, check out Jennifer's book. You can check out The Second Wave. She's got a chapter in that book. You can also check out Unstuck, The Physics of Getting Out of Your Own Way. And those are great places to start. And I noticed that in the Unstuck book, there's several places where you reference a resources page where people yes. can get more information and stuff from oh you from Lord, your website. Yeah. So yeah. there's additional resources even beyond the book. So what a clever thing you did there. Because like, uh, like, wow, because, you know, it takes engagement to actually shift this stuff. Reading the book is awesome, but that's not enough. You have to actually, you know, you have to go deeper. Yeah, I unpacked the entire first chapter aloud. Like that's one of the resources. I wanted to make sure that at very least that first chapter was so deeply understood. So we did we did that. That's one of the resources just to help it be embodied. And we just did another one about human superpowers. And the one, you know, it's really cool in the times of polarity, we birth new superpowers because you need new abilities to cope with the crazy, right? And so we just did a whole thing just for people who bought the book, which the replay is available in the resources, all about the new human superpowers, which I would say that we all, actually, I should send you a copy, Carrie. I'll send you a copy of it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's such a great it's, book. It's a really good book. It's a quick read, but you know, like all great teachings, you do need to practice. That's just part of it. So yeah. You have a resource there. I'll put a link to the book on Amazon. You guys can buy it. When you open the book, you'll find the link to the other resources page so that you can also get those. And uh, Jennifer, we're just going to give kisses now. Let's give kisses to everybody because everyone stayed with us this long and they listened to everything. So we love you so much. Oh, thank you so much, everybody. We send you beautiful love and blessings, bendiciones, um, abundance, love, peace, joy. Mm. Mm. And... We will see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Everybody have a great week. Bye for now. 
If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of the nectar, from the source of who you are.